This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the internet and radio ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Someone once said, true friendship multiplies the good in life and divides its evils. God created us with a deep longing for friends. We all need someone who will be in our corner in good times and bad. Well, the Bible tells us we have a friend who sticks closer than a brother and loves us at all times. Please stay with us as we talk more about this in our message, You've Got a Friend? Be a Friend. Having friends is an important thing for our lives. Today we're going to take a look at what Jesus has to say about friendship, so I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we gather around your word today, hungering and thirsting for your truth, which sets us free. We ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and enlighten us, and sanctify us, and keep us growing in the one true faith. Amen. Our reading for today are the words of Jesus from John chapter 15, beginning at verse 12. Jesus said, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. 
I do not call you servants any longer, because a servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You didn't choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. friends, there is a deep longing in the human heart for friendship. As human beings created in the image of God, we were wired for friendship. A great author of long ago wrote, a friend is what the heart needs all the time. How true that is. We long to know and to be known, to be accepted and cared about by others. We long for intimate connections, to have someone there in our corner in the good times and the bad through thick and thin, 
who won't desert us when the going gets tough, who understand us, who know us through and through and like us anyway. From the time when we're young to the end of our lives, we're always on the lookout for a friend. We see signs of that around us in our culture, how important friendship is. Years ago, back in the late 60s, early 70s, a song came out that got a lot of airplay, You've Got a Friend. It seemed to resonate with the longing in our human hearts to be a friend like that and to have a friend like that. You just call out my name, you know wherever I am, I'll come running. Of course, we remember back in the 90s, there, there was a popular TV show called Friends that many people took in. It seemed to resonate. In the 70s and 80s, one of the better-selling books was a book by Dr. Alan Loy McGinnis called The Friendship Factor. As people were trying to figure out how can we have more friends in our lives. And lately, uh, there's a lot of this talk about Facebook friends in our population these days. Even over the centuries, we find very positive statements about the value of having friendship. Uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, for instance, said a friend may well be reckoned the masterpiece of nature. Cicero, the philosopher, said what sweetness is left in life if you take away friendship. I mean, even way back to biblical times with King Solomon. In the book of Proverbs, he wrote, A man with many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Or he said, A friend loves at all times. Kinsfolk are born to share in adversity. He understood the value of friendship. Well, we value friends and typically are longing for more of them in our lives. Closer friendships, though, are missing in some people's lives, which can be quite a painful experience. I recall Mother Teresa saying one time, the biggest disease today is not leprosy or cancer. It's the feeling of being uncared for, unwanted, of being deserted and alone. People need friends. Yet 70% of Americans recognize that while they have many acquaintances, they have very few close friends, and they recognize this as a void in their lives. Listen to this sad scenario about Ken. Ken played golf with the same group of guys for 15 years, but when he had to give up golf, he was surprised and dismayed to find that he seldom saw his companions or heard from them anymore. He said, I guess all that we had in common was golf. And he added, our conversations were at the head level, but not at the heart level. Something was missing, a close friendship there. These days I've noticed that as people try to fill the void with all their Facebook friends, they're finding themselves disappointed. You see, mostly these aren't really friends. They're not going to be there when you need someone to be in your corner. So deep inside of us, it's true, there is a longing a voice that says, I wish I had someone who really understands me and likes me and is there for me. Well, the good news for today is you do. You really do. You see, you've got 
a friend, the best friend of all, in Jesus Christ. When I was a kid growing up in church, we would sing a hymn about Jesus. One there is above all others, well deserves the name of friend. And it's so very true. We all need proper friends in life, and Jesus himself is the truest of all friends. Let me explain. On the night before he was crucified, Jesus, in an upper room with his disciples, said some very important things to them in chapters 13 through 17 in John's Gospel. And one of the things that was covered by Jesus was friendship. And he talked about his friendship with them. He said, I do not call you servants any longer, but I call you my friends, because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. That must have been quite a stunning honor for them to hear. They had always known him as master, and they as themselves as servants. But now they've moved from servants to friends. That's quite a move. The servant knows his instructions, but the friend is given the inside track on what's going on. The friend knows all the background. You typically guard what you say to others, but you're completely open with a friend. And Jesus says to them, I have been open with you. Everything I've heard from my father, I've let you know about it. I've been transparent. Someone once said, a true friend lets you in and never lets you down. That's a good description of Jesus as a friend. He let them in on the Father's plans for the world. He said, I haven't come to condemn the world, but to save the world. God wants to save his world from sin. He let them in on the Father's love. He said, uh, God loved the world so much he gave his Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. He let them in on the Father's desires for them as Jesus' followers, the, the blessedness of serving as he washed their feet and explained that he was doing this as an example and they said, blessed are you if you do this for one another. He let them in on the promises that awaited them. In John 14, he said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms, and if it weren't so, would I have told you, I go and prepare a place for you. And when I go and prepare that place for you, I'll come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. They had never heard that before. He told them about the coming of the Holy Spirit, who would minister to them and empower them for ministry so they didn't need to be fearful and anxious about the future. He promised them that he would not leave them orphaned, but would be with them. He was talking about the resurrection even before it happened, the plan that God had. Jesus shared truth from God with them, and his truth shared was evidence of his love and friendship given to them. Never were friends so generously provided for or intimately honored. Bishop J.C. Ryle writes about this passage. He says, there's nobody so rich, so strong, so independent, so well off, so thoroughly provided for as the person of whom Christ says, this is my friend. 
Well, I want you to know that this same Jesus Christ who said those things in an upper room to his disciples is risen. He's alive, present among us, and still stands ready to call us friends, imparting to us the truths of God's word as we open up our Bibles. He's there to expand our understanding about God and ourselves and about life in his kingdom and building our faith in the promises and wisdom of God. Jesus also gave them his trust, didn't he? He said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. What an honor. And he expressed confidence in them when he says, and I appointed you to bear fruit, fruit for the kingdom of God. In other words, I believe that I'm trusting you with a mission to impact the lives of others for the gospel. I believe in you. I trust you. Well, the same Jesus Christ, the risen one, extends his trust and confidence to you and me when we step into a relationship with him. He calls us into his ministry saying, you're my light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You're my witnesses. I'm trusting you to carry out your mission that I've begun. There is a made-up story, but it's a good one, about Jesus returning to heaven after the ascension, and the angels are gathered around him to find out about all the things that happened to him on earth, and he explained how he lived among people and shared his teachings and expressed his love and suffered and died on a cross to atone for humanity's sins and how he rose again. When he finished telling the story, Michael, the archangel, asked Jesus, she do they understand how much you did for them? Jesus said, I hope so. Michael said, well, what happens now? What's the next move? Jesus answered, I left behind a handful of faithful men and women to tell my story, to express my love. They're going to spread the kingdom. That bunch, Michael said, are you kidding me? What if they fail? What's the backup plan? And Jesus answered him, there is no backup plan. Jesus has entrusted us as his friends to be instruments for the spread of God's truth, his gospel. He trusts us with that. Of course, the greatest demonstration of friendship that Jesus showed was in laying down his life for the likes of you and me. He said to the disciples in the room that night, Greater love is no man than this, to lay down his life for his friends. Jesus knew what was ahead. He was headed to the cross. For you and for me. For all have sinned. All are separated from God. And all of us are lost and helpless. And out of great love, Jesus came and died on that cross to pay the penalty for our sins. His blood covers over our debt. As the old hymn says, There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. No one else can heal all our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. So we see that Jesus is the ultimate friend. In a number of ways. He's constant. He never leaves us. He tells us uh, things we need to hear about ourselves and about God. 
But his greatest demonstration of his friendship is in laying down his life for us. When you look at him as a whole, you see that he is the friend who perfectly meets every yardstick for friendship in the Old Testament book of Proverbs that Solomon describes. He's the friend who loves at all times, sticks closer than a friend, or closer than a brother, who forgives, who's willing to tell us the truths that we need to hear, as painful as they might be sometimes. My dear brothers and sisters, you, as the song says, you've got a friend, and he's a friend that you can trust with your life. Jesus Christ. Now, this text for today is not simply about Jesus calling his followers friends, but it's instruction on how to be a friend to Jesus. Basically, he's saying, you've got a friend in me. Now, be a friend. He said, you are my friends if you do what I command you. The directive uh, that he gives here is not a way to get Jesus to be your friend. He's already done that for you. When he died and rose for you and you received him, this is a statement uh, describing a response after you've received his friendship. He's saying, this is how my friends operate with one another. You obey my command, love one another as I've loved you. He's insinuating that when we follow him, we're going to live out our faith in the church and be a friend to other believers. And there's nothing casual being described here. He's not talking about simply getting together on Sundays and drinking coffee together. He's talking about a major commitment to others in your community of faith. A willingness to actually love as he loved you, to spend yourself on others, to risk for others, to support and be transparent and encourage and forgive and serve and instruct and exhort and pray for others, just as Jesus does for you. That personal relationship is meant to be lived in community. And that community serves as a kind of a school for building Christ-like character into us, making us more loving so that we might be more fruitful influencers for Christ in the lives of those who have yet to meet Jesus and trust him for salvation. It's true, I know. It can be a lonely world out there. But it doesn't have to remain that way for you. As that popular song says, you've got a friend. His name is Jesus, the ultimate friend. He came to make us his eternal friends through his death and his resurrection. When you say yes to following him, he goes with you and never leaves. He also surrounds you with brothers and sisters and says, you're my friend. Now be a friend. And as you treat them as he's treated you, you find yourself not only getting closer to him, but also enjoying life with new friends in the faith who are also committed to loving you as Jesus loved them. And when that kind of love is happening in the church among his friends, it has a dynamic power to attract new friends for Jesus Christ. So let me give you that big idea one more time, just so you don't miss it. You've got a friend, Jesus Christ. 
Now, be a friend. Love one another as Jesus has loved you. Amen. Thank you for giving us our Savior, our Master and Friend, Jesus Christ. We would be so lost and alone without him. Our prayer this day is that you would help us to trust our friend Jesus and then take his words he's given us and be a friend. May we be known for our Christ-like love. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You've been worshiping with the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has encouraged you to love one another as Christ has loved you. Christian Crusaders is a nonprofit, listener-supported radio ministry. In order for us to better know our listening audience, we invite your response to the program. If Christian Crusaders has touched your life in some way, we invite you to call or write. 
Send your letter to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Or by email at cc at naz.org. That's cc at naz.org. You may also telephone us toll-free at 1-888-693-2484. Be sure to share Christian Crusaders with a friend, relative, or neighbor. By showing love to them in this way, you are being an ultimate friend. As you open the door to the Holy Spirit, filling their heart with the love of their Savior, who meets every measurement ever made for friendship. Today's message is also available to be read or heard on our website. Visit us anytime at christiancrusaders.org. Requests for printed or CD copies can be mailed to Christian Crusaders, Post Office Box 522, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free telephone number is 1-888-MY-FAITH. That's 1-888-693-2484. In the Cedar Falls, Waterloo, Iowa area, dial 277-0924. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting the service has been our speaker, the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota, and speaker on Christian Crusaders, now in its 83rd year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.